This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Ezekiel 33, let's start there. If you open your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, uh, this is a very, this is probably the seminal verse on Watchmen in the whole Bible. Ezekiel 33, and we're going to be reading verses 2 through 11, and uh, I'd like you to you know, get your Bibles out. I'd like you to underline in your Bibles, write in your Bibles, uh, study your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible that you can write in, throw that one away and get a good one that you can. Uh, make that your reading Bible, but don't throw it away. But write in your Bibles. Amen? So Ezekiel 33, verses 2 through 11, let's read. And you can put that up on the screen as well, okay? Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him there for a watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take away blood, or take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require of the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will be required at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, and if he does not turn away, turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O son of man, speak unto the house of Israel. Thus ye speak. Say, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? You know, there was a story that I read in the newspaper in 1969 in a small town in Mississippi, on the Mississippi coastline in the United States of America. Mississippi in its southernmost tip has a coastline on the Gulf of Mexico. There was a group of people, they were preparing to have what they call a hurricane party. In the face of storm, a hurricane called Camille. And uh, they chose to kind of... uh, Stay when everybody else was leaving and to face the storm together. Were they ignorant of the dangers? Uh, Could they have been overconfident? Did they let their egos and their pride influence their decision? Well, we'll never know. What we do know is that the wind was howling outside of the very posh Richelieu apartments when police chief Jerry Peralta pulled up sometime after dark. Facing the beach less than 250, away from, 250 feet away from the surf, the apartments were in di- direct line of danger. A man with his drink in his hand came out to the second floor balcony and he waved at the officer and Peralta yelled up to him. He says, you all need to clear out of here as quickly as you can. The storm is getting worse. Soon others joined the man on the balcony and they just laughed at Peralta's orders to leave. This is my land, one of them said. The other one yelled back, if you want me off, you'll have to arrest me. Well, Peralta didn't arrest anyone, but he wasn't able to persuade them to leave either. He wrote down the names of the next of kin of the 20 or so people who were gathered there to party through the storm. They laughed as he took their names. They had been warned, but they had no intention of leaving. It was 10.15 when the front of the storm finally hit that southern shore, and came ashore at a little town 
in the Gulf Coast called Pass Christian, Mississippi. Scientists clocked Camille's wind speed at more than 205 miles an hour, the strongest on record. Raindrops hit with the force of bullets. The waves off the Gulf Coast crested between 22 and 28 feet high. News reports later showed the worst damage came to this little settlement of motels, go-go bars, and gambling houses in past Christian, Mississippi, where some 20 people were killed in a hurricane party in the Richelieu apartments. Nothing was left of that three-story building but the foundation. And the only survivor was a five-year-old boy found clinging to a mattress the following day. Those people died because they failed to heed the words of the watchman. As we look at the verses for this message, I'm reminded that there's a storm that's coming upon this world. There's a storm that's coming upon Zimbabwe, the magnitude of which has never been seen since the foundation of the world and will never be seen again. We can see the storm clouds gathering. We can see the, flight, the lightning flashing and we can hear the thunder roll. As the nations of the earth are aligning themselves and they're preparing for battle. They're preparing their ba for battle against God. The Bible warned us of these days. It said that there would come a great falling away. There would be a great deception. That there would be an anti-Christ, anti-God spirit. It doesn't take a prophet to see this. All it takes is eyes that are opened and ears that will hear. God is sending forth his warning to the human race. He's sending it through the voice of his true ministers of the gospel and through his written word. God has placed a number of watchmen to warn his people of the impending storm. And the job of watchmen is to warn, to warn sinners of their condition, to speak to them of the danger that lies ahead. You see in this story of Hurricane Camille and those who died, who would you have blamed for the death of that party crowd? Was it the fault of Officer Peralta, the police chief, who went to warn them? Was it the fault of the apartment owners or the builders? Was it the fault of the store owners who had sold them the liquor? Or was it the fault of the storm? I have to say that the real fault of their deaths was due to their own lack of obedience and heeding of the warnings. True enough, the storm eventually did kill them all. But I want you to remember there were multitudes of other people who lived and worked in the same building. Who were not killed because they heeded the warning. There was a whole city that was evacuated. There were only 20 who were killed. You see, the duty of the watchman is to sound the warning but the duty of the hearer is to hear and prepare himself for what is coming. The watchman is accountable for his actions. Because if he did not sound the alarm or if he neglects his duty, he brings guilt upon himself. The police chief did his duty, but they wouldn't listen. God will do everything in his power to reach us, but it's still for you and I to obey. There's another story that I think of, of an old hard-headed Christian farmer who became stranded one day during a great flood. He managed to climb up on the roof of his shed as the floodwaters began to rise and he began to pray for deliverance. Oh God, save me. Save me from this flood. Save me from this storm. As he sat there on the roof of his shed, a boat with two men came by and said, hey, get in, man. We're, we're ready to, you know... Uh, take, he says, no, no, the Lord will deliver me. <laughs> a little bit later, as the waters are beginning to lap against the roof of the shed, a helicopter comes by and they let down a ladder and the guy shouts, get on the ladder, we're here to rescue you. He says, no, 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 the Lord's going to save me. The shed began to break apart and the farmer soon fell into the water and he drowned. 
eventually he's standing before the Lord and he asked the one question that was begging. He said, why didn't you deliver me, God? God said, my son, I sent you two opportunities to be rescued. Didn't I send you somebody in a boat and didn't I send a helicopter? He says, why didn't you listen? See, the moral of the story is that God doesn't always deliver us in the way that we think he will. But he never fails to keep his promise. God always keeps his promises. Just as surely as those party goers in Mississippi and the farmer on the roof died because of their rejection of God's warnings, so will many of those who claim to know Jesus as their Savior one day be left behind when the rapture comes. Because we believe in the word of God, we are all by consensus agreeing that the word of God is true and will never fail. And if we truly believe that, we, that, that the word is true, then we must heed its warnings. Heed the warnings that are found in, this, in the word of God. The truth of God's word is our signal that we all agree upon. It's the one thing that is the standard that we all agree upon. When God's word speaks of impending judgment, then we must hear and prepare for the time that's coming. If not, we have no one to blame but ourselves. Impending judgment, that's a hard word, isn't it? You see, if I didn't preach to you the truth of God's word, as God reveals it to me week after week, and if I failed to preach the message that he gives me, then your blood will be required of me one day on the day of judgment. See, I want to be clean of that guilt. My greatest desire is that I will be preaching the truth to you without compromise, without regret, without apology, without watering it down and trying to make it palatable for everybody. I desire to preach it exactly as the word of God says it because that's the only way that I can be innocent in any of my, if any of my congregation, if any of you is not ready to meet God when your time comes. My greatest fear is that I will not speak the right words or that I may somehow miss the direction of the Holy Spirit and someone under the sound of my voice won't hear the message of deliverance and warning as a result. Too many people have been taken so very quickly in their iniquity. If that happens, I don't want to know that they are taken in their sin and iniquity because I failed to preach the truth to them. I don't want their innocent blood on my hands. In fact, I pray that I will deliver the message of God that he wants to give to me and give to you every week from this pulpit. How terrible is it is to see a soul taken into eternity without making it right with God. And yet this happens every single day. One moment they're walking, living on the earth, having a good time as though they had a whole life ahead of them. The next moment they're snatched into the pits of hell by the hand of Satan. How horrible that must be. Think about it. One day enjoying life and then suddenly in a flash you're in the pits of hell. There's no coming back. There's no changing anything. We're there forever and ever and ever. You see, the watchman that fails to shout the warning shall be punished for not doing his duty and for not giving the warning of danger. Because the watchman fails, that soul was surprised with the enemy. And was taken away unawares. And therefore the sinful condition of his death shall be blamed on the watchman. And the watchman must be answerable for it. You know, the book of Hosea. This book is a book that my son has brought my attention to again and again. It's something that has spoken to him. And, uh, it opens with a clear command to the watchman. 
the watchman that God placed over Israel. Well, it's a command to you and I as, as, as believers. We, we're the watchman over our nation, over our city, over our families. We're the watchman over our church. So it's a command to us. And in the face of impending destruction and devastation that would accompany the Assyrian army that's just on the horizon about to come in, as it's forging into the land that God loved, just like God loves you, God loves your family, God loves our church, God loves this nation. The command for the watchman was simply this. Here's what the watchman, here's what the Bible says in, in Hosea. It says, set the trumpet to your mouth. The answer for the impending doom that will arrive with the Assyrians is simply, set the trumpet to your mouth. And the watchmen are commanded to send out a sound to save their generation. Here Hosea leaves no time for preparation. He doesn't cry, build a wall. He doesn't tell them to assemble an army. He simply commands them, set the trumpet to your mouths. The situation has gone past the point of biding time. The impending devastation is but moments away. There is no time to build walls. There's no time to assemble armies. God's command to his prophet is simply to sound the trumpet, warn the people, send the message. Walls will not protect them. The armies will not save them. They need to hear the sound of the trumpet. They need to hear a clear signal of the truth of what is about to come. And so God commands his watchmen to set the trumpet to their lips. This certain sound is the lifeline of the masses. The blast of the horn is the last resort of multitudes who wait for a sound to save them. Imagine the consequences of Hosea's disobedience to the command of God. The truth that the Assyrians approaches is certain. But while this truth may be certain, until Hosea sets the trumpet to his mouth, this truth cannot help them. It may be true, but with no trumpet to tell the story, it can neither save the people. It can never save the people. Somebody has to blow the trumpet. Imagine the consequences of the silence of the watchman. It is with the bloodshed of multitudes in mind that God tells Hosea, sound the alarm. Without this trumpeter of truth, thousands will die at the hands of the Assyrians. Multitudes more will be, be captured. Their children will be parentless. Morning will hang like a dark cloud over the fields of the slain as members of family go out and try to find their loved ones who have perished. All of this hinges upon one blast of a trumpet, the trumpet of truth. What a picture. This morning I want to paint a picture to you as well. I want to submit to you that when God spoke to Hosea, he understood the ramifications of a muted message. He understood what it would mean if the trumpet wasn't sounded. He understood the consequences of a silent sentry. And God's message to his man was to set the trumpet to his mouth. Can I tell you, the message has not changed. God's command is still send out a message to those who are at death's door. It's up to you and I to send a message to those who are dying in their sins perishing in this world, perishing in this life. His command and his call has not changed. Jesus stood on the morning of his ascension, on the last meeting with his disciples, as he was about to ascend into heaven, and he declared, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Boy, there's a dividing line there. He shall be saved or he shall be damned. Preach the gospel. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Save someone's soul. The same God sends the same message to his watchmen all over the world. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Preach the gospel. Carry my message. Paul echoed this same commission to Timothy. Preach the word. Be instant in season be and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. I submit that the message must go out. The trumpet must be heard by a world waiting for an answer. Multitudes are waiting to hear a certain sound, a clear sound. Our cities wait to hear the gospel of good news, 
good tidings. The world is waiting and awaiting the day of the watchman. When a watchman will set the trumpet to their lips and send out the message. The message must be heard. Dr. John Howard, president of Rockford College, said this. He said, truth is outraged by silence. Truth is outraged by silence. I'd like to say it a little differently. Truth is not only outraged by silence, it's crippled by silence. Truth is crippled by silence. The reason our nation is in the condition it's in today is because of the silence of righteous men. The silence of those that truly have the answers. Who would rather profit and benefit than stand up and say, this is wrong. Even good men have been turned into wicked and evil men. For greed's sake. Because we've been silent. The gospel was placed in the apostles' hands in Mark 16, verse 15, when Jesus commissioned them and commanded them and charged them to go into the world and preach the gospel. The trumpet was placed in their hands. It was entrusted in their care. The trumpet of truth carried the perfect timber, the perfect tone. Its piercing message of clarity could endure every obstacle that was before it. Its sound is unstoppable. The clarity of the message was pristine. It's perfect for every purpose of the watchman. The trumpet of truth was placed in the hands of the apostles. The Bible says of this truth it would endure to every generation. It was more than a man-made religion, but it is able to endure. This trumpet of truth was perfectly tuned to the needs of a dying world. It carried the tone of redemption and the sound of deliverance. Within this unconquerable message is the revelation of the oneness of God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He is the father of lights. In him there is no variableness. There is no shadow. There is no turning. God is God. He hasn't changed. In this truth is the revelation of Jesus Christ as the everlasting father and the indwelling spirit. The blast of the trumpet of truth reveals that there is no other name in heaven by which a man can be saved. All the power of the cross of Calvary is in its truth. The renewal of the waters of baptism in Jesus' name is the truth. The infilling of the Holy Spirit for the world to separate us into God's presence and away from the presence of this world, it's the truth. Jesus placed the trumpet in the watchman's hands. It was perfectly tuned for a song of redemption. Its tone was perfectly suited for the melody of Calvary, the cross. Jesus placed the trumpet of truth in the hands of his disciples, his apostles. And his command was clear. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. You know what? Woven into the words of Jesus' command is an assurance that this trumpet would not be dropped. This trumpet would not be left as an ornament to be placed on a mantle or on a dressing table. It was more than a conversation starter to be admired and placed in some hallowed museum. No, this gospel and trumpet of truth was more than that. And its responsibility came with a charge, a charge for all of us. Go you, therefore, and preach the gospel. My fellow believers, my friends, God has given this church a charge as a watchman of our city. He has placed in our hands a message that cannot be conquered. He's given us a message that is unparalleled, a gospel that can reach the darkest parts of our city, the darkest parts of our government. It's a clear call that pierces the heart of even the darkest sinner. This message has the ability to save our city, our neighborhoods. It has the power to set our crooked ways straight. It has the power to bring revival to our land. I submit that this truth 
that we have been given is worthless without a voice. Indeed, it can endure. It will survive, and no one has the power to change that. It is impenetrable, it is unconquerable, but our glorious gospel that we have received is immobile. It can't move by itself. It cannot complete its perfect work without our voice, without your voice, without a voice. No trumpet can be heard without a watchman to sound the alarm. Isaiah 59, verses 14 and six, through 16 proclaims the tragedy of untold truth. It says, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth fails, and he that departs from evil makes himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered why there was no intercessor. Can I tell you something? When judgment is turned backward and justice stands far off and truth has fallen in the street and equity can't enter. And when you turn from the, and when truth fails and you that depart from evil, you make yourself a prey. That's what's happened in Zimbabwe. You turn from evil in this country and you become the prey. What's wrong with you? This is how we like it. One little girl said this. She works at customs. She says, I love it here. I have so many bribes coming in. I'm going to make it big. Another little girl says, I can't do this anymore. My conscience is killing me. Don't mess it up for the rest of us. It's exactly what happens in government. So many are chowing that one guy finally says, I can't do this anymore. Don't mess it up for the rest of us. Truth has fallen in the streets. Lying prevails. And you make yourself a prey when you stand up and say, this is wrong. But God says that he was displeased that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man. There was no woman. I wondered why there was no intercessor. He wondered. Bible says, is he going to come back and find faith in the earth when he returns? <sighs> Isaiah reveals the truth. And the truth is that truth demands a man. For there to be truth, it needs a man. It needs a woman. Truth requires a voice. A trumpet is useless without a watchman to set the trumpet to their lips. So I've come to charge you today as the church, as we begin this new year, as we start this new decade, I've come to charge you, the church of God, set the trumpet to your mouth. It's time to put the trumpet to your mouth. Because the great, as great as this gospel is, as great as it was, Jesus needed apostles to go into the world and preach it. As beautiful as the gospel was, it was useless without a voice to proclaim it and to preach it. It was not enough that he placed the trumpet in their hands. At some point, the message required them to set the trumpet to their mouths. God understands where Hosea stands. The lost and the dying, ever to be prepared for the coming of the day of judgment, the trumpet must be on the prophet's mouths. My brothers and sisters, the charge is clear in the word of God. We must not be satisfied to hold the truth in our hands. But at some point, we have to consider the masses waiting for the certain sound of the gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord. And God saw the impending doom waiting the children of Israel when the Assyrians would come in judgment. And it, with a divine exclamation, God cried out, in a desperate appeal to his prophet, he said, set the trumpet to your mouth. Tell them the only message that can save them. Sound the trumpet of truth for the endangered multitudes. Let me indulge for just a minute. 
I'd like you to look at the book of Genesis with me. Genesis gives us a detailed account of the fall of man. It was this faithful chapter of the scripture that would set the tepid tone for the rest of human history, the story of humanity. Six scriptures, six scriptures, that's all, six scriptures. And the soul of every man and woman and child are corrupted in the first six verses of Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3, verses 1 through 6, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, God hath said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree of the, in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it. Of it. There, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall surely not die. For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and also gave to her husband who was with her, and he did eat. And innocence ends. Purity is defiled. Adam and Eve now know what evil is because their innocence has been invaded by the darkness of sin. The perfection of creation is corrupted by Adam's failure. The earth begins to groan. Men will be born to evil, rape, jealousy, hatred, murder, adultery, abuse. Broken hearts and captive spirits are born here. Death barges into the world and takes over the world of life. And sin is made possible. Courtesy of Adam. Adam was the watchman. Adam was the overseer of the beauty of God's creation. Genesis 2.16 pronounces it. He says, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Adam knew it. Adam was in charge. And Adam was charged as the watchman over the earth and over his wife. The trumpet was placed in Adam's hands. Yet in verse... Six, in six verses, six verses of the scripture, you hear the voice of Satan questioning, the voice of Eve compromising. But Adam's voice is absent. His trumpet stays in his hands. Eve offers him the fruit of the tree, and here is the opportunity for him to set the record straight. Here's the opportunity to say, no, no, I'm in charge here. We don't eat of that tree. God forbid it. Let me warn you. Let me blow the trumpet. Here's his chance to sound the trumpet of truth. Here's his opportunity to save children from the evil intentions of child molesters. Here's his opportunity to save every victim of violent crime. Here's his chance to end the pain of hemorrhaging marriages. Here's his chance in one fell swoop to block pain, suffering, and sin. Because of the courtesy of Adam's silence in the world, the world will suffer, the earth will groan, and God's heart will break. Brought to you as a courtesy of Adam's silence. The truth was in his hands, but he never set the trumpet to his mouth. Men, the truth is in your hands to lead your families. But if you won't set the trumpet to your mouth, you'll be held accountable. You see, with the message God has, had given him to Adam, he could have sounded the alarm and he could have saved the whole world. But Adam failed his post as a watchman. He had the trumpet, but he never set it to his mouth. Let me close. In Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7, God shows a different kind of watchman on the wall. In contrast to the silence of Adam, God describes 
watchmen whose voices will not be silenced, whose trumpets sound continually to an unsaved city. And God speaks to his beloved city that is lost. He says, I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, but shall never hold their peace day or night. You that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. And give him no rest till he establish and make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Well, can I tell you something? If I have a desire for the nation of Zimbabwe, if I have a desire for this city, if I have a desire for this church, is that we would give God no peace, that we would, that we would be watchmen, that we would not give this nation peace, that we would not stop speaking the truth of God until he makes Zimbabwe, until he makes Harare a praise in the earth. Amen. You see, in this passage in the, in the scriptures, God gives a perfect picture of a watchman fulfilling his charge. Their voice refused to be silent. Their trumpet is continually lifted to their mouth. They give no rest until Zimbabwe is established, until their city is made a praise in the earth. They are consumed with the cause of their city. They sit atop of the walls. Their message rings loud and clear until the city is saved. In contrast to Adam, they will not hold their peace. They will not set aside their trumpets until the revival comes. They have set the trumpets to their mouths. They have received the charge. They have consumed, they're consumed with the call. Today, the trumpet is in our hands. Today, the trumpet is in your hands. It is the charge of the New Testament church to preach the word. To spread the gospel until our city becomes a praise unto God. Until God establishes our city as a stronghold of God. And the message is the same today as it was to Hosea. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Until our city is saved from its sin, keep on witnessing. Until it is established in revival, keep sounding the message. God is looking for watchmen that are consumed with the cause of their city. The cause of your family. God is searching for men and women that will refuse to be silenced until their families are saved. I spoke to a man today. He talked about over the holiday period speaking to his family. And he put a name in a box and they've had that name in that box. He says, this guy's not saved yet, but let me tell you something. He's getting closer. Every time we get together, he's hungry. He's telling his kids to go to church, but he doesn't think he's worthy yet, but he's getting closer. Let me tell you something. That man's going to be saved because somebody was a watchman. Somebody's speaking. Somebody put a name in a box. Somebody's praying. Somebody's holding up righteousness for their family, holding out for truth. May it be so. God is looking for watchmen that are consumed with the cause of their city. God is looking for men and women that are refusing to be silenced until their families are saved. Set the trumpet to your mouth. Romans 10 verses 13 through 18 says this. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I have said, they have, have, they, have they not heard? Yes, verily, their sound went into the, all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. A few years ago, some years ago, a tragic railway accident, railroad accident took place and dreadful loss of life and limb. A train loaded with young people returning from school was stalled on a side track because of what was known as a hot box. The express train was soon due, but a flagman was sent to go back and warn the engineer in order to avert a rear-end collision. Thinking all was well, the crowd laughed and chatted while the engineers worked on the security and trying to solve the problem. Suddenly, the horn of the express train was heard and on came the train and crashed into the local with a horrible effect. The engineer of the express had saved his own life by jumping from the moving train. 
Some days afterwards, he was hauled into court to account for his part in the calamity. And now a curious discrepancy in testimony occurred. He was asked, did you see the flag man warning you to stop? He said, yes, I did. I saw him, but he waved a yellow flag. And I took it for granted that all was well, so I passed through, though I did slow down. The flagman was called. He said, what flag were you waving? He said, I waved a red flag. Are you sure it was red? He says, absolutely. Both, on, both of them insisted on the correctness of their testimony. And it was demonstrated that neither of them was colorblind. Finally, the man was asked to produce the flag itself as evidence. After some delay, he was able to do so. And when the mystery was explained, and, and then the mystery was explained, it had been red, but it had been exposed to the weather for so long that the red was bleached out and it was but a dirty yellow. How many lives are eternally wrecked by the yellow gospels of the day? The bloodless theories of unregenerate men. The bloodless theories of unregenerate men that send their hearers to their doom instead of stopping them on their downward road. You see, people of God, we must listen to the voice of the watchman. There are too many that are not hearing the message of judgment that is surely coming. Too many watchmen have allowed their flag of the gospel to be watered down. To be made ineffective through the traditions of men or for the sake of reaching people who will not make a true commitment to Christ. We've catered to the entertainment, hungry Christians long enough. It's not about entertainment. This isn't, we're not here to entertain. We've weakened the message to keep it from offending people. Those who come to visit. We've made a living. We've made living for Jesus too easy. We've not taught the true ways of holiness and righteousness and sanctification. Now, I know that no works can save us. But if we truly love Jesus, then we want to be more like him. If we truly believe and we truly trust in him, then we'll heed the warnings of his word and we'll preach the truth. No matter who's offended. Just listen to these scriptures. In fact, look at them. Isaiah 8, 14. And he shall be for a sanctuary. But for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. To both the houses of Israel. For a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Romans says, as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone, a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. 1 Peter 2.8, and he says, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were also appointed. You see, according to these scriptures, Jesus and the message of the gospel, and the message of the cross, and the shed blood of the Lamb of God, and the living a holy and a sanctified and a pure life, they're a rock of offense. They're a stumbling stone to those who refuse to hear those who refuse to obey the word of God. You see, the preaching of the truth of the gospel is offensive. And it will cause many to run from God. But the truth still must be preached. So that souls can be delivered. And those that hear will turn from their sin and turn from their evil ways. It's a watchman. Because we're all watchmen in our different spheres of influence. Each one of you is a watchman. We must be ever vigilant to speak the truth. We speak it in love. Tell others of the love of Christ. Tell them about his saving grace. Tell them about how he washes away their sin by his shed blood. Tell everyone you meet about Jesus. Shout it out. Blow the trumpet of warning. Let people know that Jesus is coming soon. Either shout it out, blow the trumpet, and preach until the truth, until the truth of his coming, or face God with the blood of lost souls on your hand. People you could have reached, which would it be for you? 
I know this morning that this is probably not the easiest word to hear, but it's the truth. As saints of God, if you know this word is true, you're not worried about your makeup running or getting your hair messed up or sounding a little bit undignified. I need some people to really pray, some prayer warriors to join me. We need to really go to war on behalf of our country, on behalf of our families, our schools, our churches. I know this, nothing happens until we pray. Nothing happens unless we pray. Nothing's going to happen until we really pray. You know, we've got to make a pull on heaven. We've got to plead the blood of Jesus. We've got to use the name of Jesus. We've got to repent from our wicked ways. Here we are in our days of prayer and fasting leading up to our prayer conference. Let's not just go through the motions. I'm setting a time aside for reading of my word and of prayer and of repentance. I've decided that I'm going to fast many of the apps on my phone. There will be no games. There will be no YouTube. There will be no blog sites. There'll be nothing that's not just necessary. I'll go to the word of God. I'll seek him. Nothing that's unnecessary. I'm going to really press in and seek God. I need to. You do too. I'm asking for you to take this season seriously. And I'm also asking you to do this. As Pastor Bonnie would say. And I know she'd love to be here. She would love this message by the way. But here's what she'd say. Go do your own research. Repent. Get real serious about seeking after God. and Turning from your evil ways. and Helping turn our land from its evil ways. I'm going to ask that we close out this service with prayer. We turn our, our hearts towards the living God. We understand that there's something at stake here. I don't know how to bring about a revival. I wish I did. I'd have one tomorrow. I don't know how to change a man's heart. If I did, I would change all your hearts. I don't know how to change the way you think. If I did, I'd just open your head like a, with a can opener. Take even what I know and put it in there. But all I can do is preach. And I can only sound the trumpet. Today I'm sounding a trumpet. Some of you are really being called by God. Not to go through the motions of looking like a Christian, but becoming a Christian. Not just coming to church on Sunday, but being on fire 24-7, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days this year. Amen? Amen. If you feel God stirring your heart, and, and, and please, I don't know how to do this because I know what your, our church is like. We all like to be seen as, hey, I'm, I'm in this. I don't want you just to be in it. I really want you to say, God, you know, this, this season, and it's painful. I want you to know it's painful to change. I know that. This season, I'm, I'm ready to do business with you. Look, I've, I've buried too many people that I had question marks about. I tell you, there's nothing worse than standing over a grave and thinking, man, I hope, I hope he went to heaven. I hope I preached the truth to him. I hope I didn't just, well, he'll get, one day you'll get there. Maybe, maybe you'll be a better Christian tomorrow if I just love you. Sometimes love is to say, hey, listen, what you're doing is wrong. This is going to, you're going to die one day. And your eternity is in the balance. I don't know how to, I don't know how, I want to be a loving pastor. I want to be a loving man of God. But I also don't want to see anybody perish. Sometimes we just got to tell the truth. play with sin and you can keep flirting with it. The Bible says if you put your hedge, your hand through the hedge, eventually that serpent's going to bite you. Guys, I'll tell you what, I, 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 I'm not preaching at you, I'm amongst you. I'm, I'm with you. God, forgive me for the times I have
I've taken your grace for granted. Forgive me for the times I put my hand in that hedge. I've been bitten. But this decade, this year, this season, let it be different. Let it be different. I don't know what it takes, God, but give me a heart. Break me. Bust me up. I don't know what it's going to take, God, but don't let me keep being double-minded. Don't let me play games with you. Help me. Don't let me be laughing in the face of a storm. Let me hear the sound. And God, don't let me be guilty of not putting the trumpet to my lips for my family, not putting the trumpet to lips for my marriage, for my church, for my nation, my city, my business. Oh, watchman, if God's speaking to you today, oh, church, and you'd like to pray with me, some of you need to get down here and hit the altar. Others of you need to repent and come to Jesus. You just need to say, man, I don't know God, I don't know Jesus, but I need to, I, I don't want to go to hell either. And if that's you, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him today. The person standing right next to you can lead you to him. You're here. That person knows him. If you don't know him, that person can tell you how to come to Christ. If someone's standing next to you and they're sitting next to you and you know they don't know Jesus, you turn to him right now and say, come on, I'll lead you to Christ. That's the greatest thing a person can do in church is lead someone to Jesus. Come on. Amen. It's not hard. Let me tell you something. It's just, I'm convicted. I feel sinful. I feel like I'm going to go to hell. I feel like if I don't get God right, I'm, I'm sounding a trumpet. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord with their whole heart their, shall be saved. So let's get right today. And if, if this word is stirring, if you feel, man, oh, man, this is a different day. It's a different season. I, I, I tell you, there's something different happening. I feel it. Then would you join me? Would you... Come and pray and would you ask God to do a work in your heart and would you ask him to help you become a watchman, a watchman for our city, a watchman for our families, a watchman for our nation, a watchman for each other. Would you do that? If you're serious about it, stand up to your feet and say, come on. Some of you get down here. Come and pray with me. Pastor Taz, come, come. I'm just going to kneel down here at the altar for a minute, and i, I got to pray. I don't know about you. Come on down. Father, we come before you. We pray. Father, I set my heart before you. I ask, Lord, that you would turn our church into a lighthouse, a haven. Father, we would preach the gospel in season and out of season. Turn my heart. Turn my heart. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.